Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I am your host Matthew Roberts and this is season 4, episode 136 and 137 of this daily study podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Apologies for no episode yesterday once again. Uh, ended up in the hospital with uh, my daughter. She's okay, absolutely fine. Uh, but she was, there was just a couple of checks that uh, we urgently needed her to have. Um, and But all, all is well. But we were there till about two in the morning, so I didn't end up doing uh, the episode that following morning uh, because I needed some sleep. So uh, we're going to try and do uh, a, quite a few things today. The reason why is because these the, the, this book of Numbers is so packed with so many things um, that we really do need to uh, try and get some more in. We haven't even finished the experience or even properly begun the experience of Miriam and Aaron and their murmuring against Moses. And then we've got um, the brass serpent we need to discuss. We've got the uh, arrival at the promised land and uh, the reaction of the Israelites to the report of the ten spies compared to Caleb and Joshua. And then we've got the story of Balaam and the uh, the donkey. So we have got so much to do and very little time. So this will be a 20 minute episode uh, and just to cover yesterday and today. And then we'll have a final couple of days to go through the remaining parts of what we've got. So. We just left yesterday where Miriam and um, Aaron um, make the point that God has also spoken by them, uh, not just by Moses, indicating that, um, you know, that perhaps they need to, or they are able to um, receive revelation from the Lord and not perhaps listen to Moses. Uh, the Lord comes down, though, and says this in verse 6. Hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. Um, my servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all mine house. With him I will speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches, and the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore, then, were ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? So the Lord is saying that Moses is, whilst everyone can receive revelation and promptings and things like that, Moses is the leader. He is the prophet. He will speak to Moses face to face. So the Lord then departs. And as he leaves, Miriam becomes leprous. She becomes a leper. Now, if you remember, I mentioned in one of the earlier chapters of this book, it was specifically outlined what the... Um, um, requirements for a leper to do, uh, what that was um, at the, kind of a few chapters ago. And now we have this experience of Miriam becoming leprous. Now, first of all, why Aaron isn't made leprous as well, uh, or why he isn't made leprous and Miriam is not, uh, we don't know, we're not told. Um, however, it does make um, Aaron um, very humble uh, and ask for forgiveness straight away. In verse 11, Aaron says, Alas, my Lord, I beseech thee, lay not the sin upon us, wherein we have done foolishly, and wherein we have sinned. Um, so, instantly, they are humbled. Uh, with Aaron, uh, we don't know the reason why he isn't involved in this uh, consequence. However, it may be linked to his um, the things that he needs to do in the tabernacle. It may be linked to how, um, without, that, without him, perhaps there isn't something that can be done in the tabernacle so maybe it might be to do with that but we don't know 
Um, however, Moses also on behalf of um, Miriam calls upon the Lord and says in verse 13, Heal her now, O God, I beseech thee. And the Lord said unto Moses, If her if her father had but spit in her face, should she not be ashamed seven days? Let her be shut out from the camp seven days, and after that let her be received again. Now, this is a um, bit of an interesting statement by the Lord. But what he's saying here, because in, in well, I mean, even today, but particularly in ancient customs, in those traditions, in those days, if any bodily fluid was put onto another person like like, like spit um then it was a humiliating thing um her sin so the lord is saying her sin of criticizing moses was serious uh, even more serious than getting spat on or something like that and so she needs to go through that same process of having a period of time where she is um, out of the camp for seven days uh, so that she is able to be cleansed and then be able to return. And that indicates how, you know, there are some times in our lives where we may need to um, not have certain blessings or things that will have come to us uh, because of what we do. And it's this idea that there is at times some things that we need to um, ret- uh, retri- or give retribution for uh, depending on what we've done. Uh, but the Lord is merciful. And after the seven days, uh, Miriam is brought back into the camp. And what is even more, I think, um, shows even more the love of God and the love of the people uh, is in verse 15, it says, And Miriam was shut out from the camp seven days, and the people journeyed not until Miriam was brought in again. So everything stopped until she was ready and the leprosy was gone. Um and I think that it just shows how we mustn't leave anyone behind. We need to care for the one and make sure that they are supported and strengthened and uh, and that they know that we are aware of them. So that, uh, I thought, was, uh, was an interesting message there. We then move into uh, chapters 13 and 14. And this is where um, the children of Israel... Um, reach the land of Canaan, this promised land which the Lord has given. Uh, And so um, Moses makes some arrangements to see what exactly uh, it is that they are going to be um, doing in that that land. What are they going to be meeting? So Moses decides to send uh, 12 spies into the land of uh, Canaan. Uh, And the first half of of Numbers chapter 13 is listing the the 12 individuals, one from each tribe, who are going to go into the land uh, and report back to the people what um, they find there. Um, In verse 19, for example, um, Moses uh, says to them uh, to find out what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad. And what cities they be, they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds. Uh, and so in verse 21, they go off and then, they, and then they're gone for 40 days, it, it says. Um, and in verse 26, we read, And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all of the congregation uh, of the children of Israel in, unto the wilderness of, of Paran to Kadesh, and brought back word unto them and showed unto all the congreg- congregation and shewed, um, the them the fruit of the land, and in verse twenty seven it says, um, and it, they told them and said, we came unto the land whither thou sentest us, 
and surely it floweth with milk and honey, uh, and this is the fruit of it. So we know from this report that it is indeed the land of promise that the Lord has has given uh, to the children of Israel, that it will be a place where they'll be able to thrive and um, and survive uh, for for many many years. However, uh, we then have a um, a report from ten of them, uh, which says in verse twenty eight. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities were walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. Um, and I'm going to skip to verse 33, um, because the, these children of Anak will see why this is such an issue uh, for the ten, um, the ten reporters. Uh, and there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which came of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Now, we don't know, um, I mean, we've discussed this um, this phrase or this word giants before uh, in a previous chapter in, in the Old Testament. The Hebrew word nephil, uh, which is translated here as giants, but it is also defined as bullies or tyrant. So we don't know if it is, again, the fact that these people are actually, you know, over 10 feet tall or, or whatever it is we define a giant as in the Old Testament, or whether they were people of great stature who were very hard-hearted, very cruel and tyrannical. uh, And, you know, if you were to try and come into their land, then they would, uh, you know, um, cause problems for you. So basically, this this report is is very negative. But we have here uh, Caleb, uh, who tries to steal the people. And uh, Joshua says the same thing in the next chapter. Uh, but Caleb uh, says, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are able to overcome it. Um, but the people, uh, they listen to the, the report of the ten um, individuals who don't have faith in the Lord. Now, you know, if you were to, to look at this and uh, question, you know, um, was what, what did the people do wrong, really, in listening to these ten people? Um, you know, if they've said all of these things, which are really tricky to overcome, then is there not some understanding as to why they don't um, trust that they can they can do what the Lord wants them to do? But what we need to remember is the context of this. They've been traveling in this wilderness. Um, they have seen signs and miracles all along the way. They have seen signs and miracles of how they were able to escape the land of Egypt. Let's not forget the land of Egypt. If those people in Canaan were giants, then the land of Egypt, surely Pharaoh would have been described as a giant, someone who was a bully or tyrannical, someone who ruled uh, with absolute power and authority and had the power, the money and the status to be able to do whatever he he demanded. Um, They have already been delivered from such an individual. They have already seen nature itself be turned aside so that they could escape from them. They have seen miracles from the heavens. Food has been miraculously provided for months and months um, in the in the wilderness where there was no food. Water has been given out of a rock. Uh, they have seen the Lord, his presence itself. Um, and yet, despite all these things, and also with that, the promises that the Lord has given very clearly to the children of Israel that they would inherit this land. The fact that they then hear this report from these twelve, these these ten people, um, saying that oh well, 
yes, it's a beautiful place, but the cities are walled and these people are, are great and important. This is the issue. And once you put that into context, it starts to make a bit more sense um, about why the people wouldn't be able to inherit the land. Not probably because of a punishment as such, but because the people who were in their adulthood right then clearly did not have the faith in the Lord that they needed to be able to overcome these things. And this is why the children of Israel had to wait for 40 years or just under 40 years. Now we know, of course, that the journey from Egypt to the land of Canaan, where they were going to, did not take 40 years to go from one place to the other. However, they were not able to enter at this time. And so <clears throat> um, this is the reason why they had to not, take, not go in yet. Because if they did not have the trust that they needed in God, then they would not um, do what they um, accomplish what they needed to or settle in what areas they needed to settle in in this promised land. In verse 2, we see their reaction and say, um, and all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron and the whole congregation said unto them, would God that we had died in the land of Egypt or would God that we had died in this, in this wilderness? And wherefore hath the Lord brought us by unto this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should be prey? Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? And also, the issue here comes in verse 5, because it's not just murmuring that takes place here, but open rebellion. Um, in verse five, it said, uh, in verse 4, sorry, it says, And they said unto one another, Let us make a captain, and let us return into Egypt. And Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. Moses and Aaron recognize the issue that is taking place now, and they are in great concern of what is about to happen because of this open rebellion against the word of the Lord. Um, Joshua then, um, along with Caleb, um, say in verse 8, If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defence is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. Um, and then we see again why the people are not ready, <laughs> let's just say, to enter the promised land because this this faithful testimony is given to the people. And then in verse 10, it says, but all the congregation bade stone, with, bade stone them with stones. And it is at this point where the Lord intervenes. Um, and he says, how long will this people provoke me? And how long will it ere they, they believe me? all the signs which I've shewed unto them. Um, it, it, it seems that the Lord is, and you can sense a disappointment in his words, rather than anger, I feel, um, that all these things have happened and yet they are still not yet ready uh, to, to enter and, and receive the blessings that he has prepared for them. Now, what happens next, as the Lord um, says that... Um, that, that he will smite them with pestilence and he, and they will not be able to receive this uh, this land. Moses then prays on behalf of the people once again. And again, you see this kind of intercessory um, role that he's playing between the Lord and his people. Um, and I think, again, we need to remember that the Lord will have already had a plan in place for this. He will know that the people have made this choice. And Moses praying is hardly going to 
change the actions of God. However, what it does do, as Moses prays on behalf of the people, um, it reminds them of the mercy that they are they are about to be shown. Uh, in verse 18, it says, The Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, and by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the fourth, third and fourth generation. Pardon, I beseech thee, the iniquity of this people, according to the greatness of thy mercy, and as thou hast forgiven this people from Egypt even until now. Um, so, the... It's, uh, it's what uh, Moses um, says unto the Lord that the, the people see take effect then. And they're able to have this learning experience of the mercy that the Lord is going to show them. The next verse, uh, if, you, if you read uh, the Old Testament, seems to indicate that the Lord says that he has listened and changed his mind because of Moses. But if you read the Joseph Smith translation, uh, it says, quote, And the Lord said unto Moses, If they will repent of the evil which they have done, I will spare them, and turn away my fierce wrath, for behold, thou shalt execute judgments upon all that will not repent of this evil this day. Therefore, see thou do this thing that I have commanded thee, or I will execute all that which I had thought to do unto my people. <clears throat> so the Lord tells the people that they need to repent, um, that they need to um, recognize the, um, the thing that they have done. Um, however, that they will not see the land uh, that he has given unto them. Uh, and we know that the result of this is that the adult population that is uh, at that time in that group will not enter except for Caleb and Joshua. Um, and the Lord mentions this in verse 24. He says that Caleb has another spirit with him, uh, which is obviously um, the indication that he has complete faith and trust in the Lord. To close this uh, episode, we'll then consider what they then did next. Did they turn away and repent and and um, follow what the Lord wants again back into the wilderness? Uh, not quite. In verse 40, they rose up early in the morning and gat them up in the top of the mountain, saying, Lo, we be here, and we'll go up to the place which the Lord hath promised, for we have sinned. So, I'm not sure why the people now think because they've sinned that they're able to go into the promised land, despite the Lord telling them that they're not going to be going into the promised land. But some individuals clearly feel like, well, we're here now and um, we may as well go in. And Moses says, wherefore now do ye transgress the commandments of the, of the Lord, but it shall not prosper. prosper. Go not up, for the Lord is not among you, that ye be smith, not smitten before your enemies. And basically what happens is what the people thought would happen, but not because they were right, but because they did not have the Lord with them, as Moses said. Um, and you'll notice that in verse 44, they presumed to go up to the hilltop. Nevertheless, the ark of the covenant of the Lord and Moses departed not out of the camp. So clearly there is some people that went and some people that didn't. And the ark of the covenant did not go with the people for the presence of the Lord was not with them. And Moses did not go either. And um, they, many of them were killed uh, when they entered that land. Again, not because they were right or the report of the people that the ten, the ten spies was accurate, but because the Lord was not with them, that they, that they did not receive the, protect, the protection and promised strength that he has prepared for them, which they would receive in 40 years' time when they were able to receive the land uh, with the support of him. Thank you so much for listening today to this uh, slightly long, longer episode. 
Uh, but I recognise that uh, we are two more days after this and we still have the Brass Serpent to discuss and the, uh, the story of Balaam and the donkey. So I thought that was two days which we could discuss those things in. So thank you so much for listening uh, and uh, until we meet again. <laughs>